0: Praise the Lord. Shalom, shalom upon you. Now, uh, today I'm, I'm excited to share with us a very special message uh, which I've been brewing in my heart. I couldn't sleep last night. I stayed up all night to think it through because I want to be really sharp in sharing this word. Um, I want to share today, uh, not a vision message for the church first, that will be next uh, next weekend. All right, But today I want to share a prophetic message that I feel that the Lord put on my heart uh, um uh, uh, to equip us to be able to thrive in 2019, actually, to the body of Christ at, uh, at large, actually, and uh, so, uh, are you ready? Uh, it's going to be a continuation of what is a theme that I what was a theme that I touched on the last last session when I preached from here. So uh, I want to ask of you to begin this time by praying with me. Alright, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this brand new year ahead of us. We know, Lord, we can face this year with great boldness, great courage, great anticipation and excitement because you are with us. Oh, the good Father is with us and you're watching over your beloved ones and you have glorious plans for each and every one of us. Plans not to harm us, but to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future and Lord, we look forward Lord, with great, great anticipation for this year to be one of C your goodness made manifest in our lives and we just want to give you all the glory this day we ask of you lord to anoint the ministry of your word and of your spirit and cause your your prophetic word to rest deep in our hearts and to empower and equip us for a year of breakthrough and of divine prosperity before you serving your purposes we thank you praise you in the wonderful name of our lord jesus we agree and pray and everybody shout amen amen Amen. Um I wanna uh, do a uh, wanna to touch on a message uh as, uh, uh that I want to title the supernatural provision. All right. And and um I want to do a quick recap from uh, the last message. The last message actually I shared about prospering in the midst of famine. And uh, that was uh, as I I felt was a a response to to God's uh, word to me at the beginning of this year. Uh, Right at the beginning of this year, I was in a season of fasting and praying. And spoke this statement into my heart in the beginning of this year. He says, you are going to witness the greatest transfer of wealth in your lifetime. Now he did not say in in how many months ahead or even within this year of 2019. But he said in the Season up ahead. He said, "You are going to witness the greatest transfer of wealth." I'm talking about globally speaking. You know, uh, the greatest transfer of wealth in your lifetime. Now, it may not be happening within the year itself, but certainly, I am very sure. Prophetically, we have we have entered into the season which, that is building towards it, and and what I see is is global. Global recession uh, even a, maybe a, a global depression you know comparable or even greater than than the likes of the Great Depression in the in the late 20s and the early 30s and starting in the US the Great Depression you know that was the worst economic downturn in the history of the industrial industrialized world Do you know that? That, that that lasts from 1929 to 19 uh, Thirty-nine. It's a decade of uh, the Great Depression, and uh, during that, that crash, the uh, within I think like the first four years of uh, uh, the crash from twenty-nine to thirty-three, about half of all banks have collapsed in, in the U.S. You know, and and you know what? And as I mentioned before, you know, in such an economic collapse, wealth did not disappear. Wealth did not disappear in a collapse. It just simply got transferred. And got accumulated to certain individuals, you know. It, wealth doesn't just disappear. So it is said that you know more millionaires were created during the Great Depression than any other time period in the in the American history. So. So I, I really believe that in, in, in the uh, that God is preparing us up ahead to be able to thrive uh, in the, even in the midst of difficult times, and 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 I and I so believe that God wants His people to be positioned rightly for the coming transfer of wealth before it takes place. Can I hear an Amen? All right, and and it is with this heart, this love that I want to share this message with urgency, and and also. Uh, believing that God through this message will empower you not only to be able to be positioned rightly for the transfer of wealth. The, the theme and thrust of this message I'm going to share is about trusting God and believing God not only for justice, not only for His provision, but also for supernatural provision. No, Uh, uh, because that's what I felt the Lord uh, uh, really put on my heart in the beginning of this year, that this coming year, I want to stretch the people's faith to not only believe me for provision, which many people do, and many people here are very blessed in your career, in your business, but God is wanting to stretch your faith into the supernatural dimension of believing Him for supernatural provision. Can I have an agreement about that? Amen. Yeah, and I want to begin this uh this uh, sharing with an experience I, I witnessed. This was in nineteen ninety-eight. This was in 1998 March. I was in uh, northern China. I was in northern China. Some of you have heard me share about this experience before. It was one of my very first entry into the, the house church movement in China. And I was in northern China, Heilongjiang, south of Siberia. And and uh, I I was in this setting of a of a barn where 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 we gathered uh, like 70, 80, 80 pastors in a in a in a in a pastor's home and and. We, and a friend of mine. At that point, I don't really speak Mandarin. I didn't speak Mandarin. And and this friend of mine was ministering. I was just there there as as his helper, you know. And and we were preaching in this barn house. And I still remember that that. It was, everything was very fresh for me because it was the first time I witnessed how an underground church operates. How they secretly gathered in this barn in covered trucks. They come in in batches and then they hid in the house for the next three, four days without coming out. And so it is uh, so that the neighbors do not know there is actually there was actually a meeting going on. And then at the first day they moved in all the logistics. All their you know and many of you have heard me share this before. They ate buns mantou. You know, Manto, you know, you know, it's, it's a big bowl without anything no, with no meat inside, all right? And it's this big. You know, and they can eat, they can really eat, you know, each pastor can eat several of that, uh, apart from the jo, the, the the porridge, you know. And I remember the first day we had many, many sacks in the kitchen, you know, and every meal they could finish about one whole sack, which is this big, many. And eighty passers could whack that whole whole sack. By the end of the third day, I remember there was one sack left, uh, which was good logistic planning, you know, and, and then uh, it was a lunch, and then when they had finished their meal, I still remember, they were, af- after they had finished their meal, there was left over. There was still left over. And then they collected back the leftover. And you know what the miracle was? They started off with one sack. Everybody had their fill. When, it, when the remnants were collected back, it became three and a half sacks. So this Singaporean boy here was like, was all like, oh, what happened? I, I, like, you know, I couldn't believe it and all that. And I was all so excited and all that. And I was asking the, 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 the lady pastor, this was the lady pastor there, uh, um, uh, you'll hear me talk about Yoda, right? Yoda is this short little guy who's really the head of the whole network there. Uh, this short little guy, squinty eyes, ears sticking out, full of the power of God. So I call him Yoda. Because he really has the force with him, you know. <laughs> and he was his wife. I was asking, like, like, how did it happen? I, I thought you know, I was like, you know, it was because it was my first time witnessing supernatural multiplication of food. And she looked at me like, what's like? <laughs> uh, it's quite common, you know. Yeah, she was like, it's quite common. Uh, the last time we just had a meeting, I had half a pot of half a pot of porridge left. We had forty overpasses, and she said, but I. I scooped by faith and I fed them all," she says, you know. So it's something common in our midst. Now, so that was my introduction to the ha- Chinese house church movement. So the, to make the long story short, I have since been laboring with, with them for 20 years now, and I've seen their journey growing, you know, uh, as as, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a church network multiplying uh, in across Heilongjiang, this particular group, you know, it, Across Heilongjiang, so I've had a pleasure uh, within a short time to actually move into country, into the country, live there as a missionary, labored among these beautiful, lovely people, and get to he- witness, hear and to come to know about many other miracles. You know, I shared about how one time, uh, within this same network, they brought me to visit a, a pastor in, in his house, you know, a new believer, actually. And we went to visit him, and when I walked to the house, they had like like cucumbers all over the house, you know. Cucumbers in basin, baskets, pails, bowls, you know, all around the house. It was so strange. And when it when came in, you know, we, we were like, sit, sit,请坐,请坐,请坐. You know, and they sat down, and, and then they, they put cucumbers in my lap. Just put like two, three cucumbers on my lap, and then they all sat down and they were all chomping away, you know. So like, cha cha, you know, like uh, okay, <laughs> I've never eaten cucumber as a fruit. All right, so I was chomping on my cucumbers, you know, like being Greeks to the Greek, Romans to the Romans, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, strange, you know. And then, and then she, started, she started testifying how, oh, uh, praise the Lord. She says, you know, I'm, I, you know my, my cucumbers, you know, I pray for my cucumbers. This is a new believer. And I say, I pray for my cucumbers. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he grows six inches in a day. How's that? Any gardeners here? Have you tried laying hands? Yeah, I hope this inspires you. You know, I lay hands on my cucumbers and it grows six inches in a day. Oh, hallelujah! You know, <laughs> and then they chomp away on the cucumbers. Uh, those were, were my early days of exposure to what was supernatural provision. You know, and it makes me, it makes me question myself. Like, why do I not believe God for that? I mean, God is not limited by 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 any other factors except my faith. You know, and I and I thought I should be asking God to to multiply my my. My supply, you know, supernaturally. This same farmer too was was uh, uh, sharing about how his horse died, you know, uh, not too long ago, months ago. And again, I remind you, it's a young believer. He said, "My horse died, and I was so sad. It was a, it was apparently a red horse. They call it a red horse which is brown, you know. And and he said, then I thought if God could resurrect a, a, His Son Jesus Christ, He could resurrect my horse." After all, I've got only this one horse. So he said he lay hands on his horse and, well, that is a Pentecostal group. So he said, I laid my hands on the horse and just prayed in tongues. He said the horse tongue was out and was foaming and the eye was white, you know. And But he said, it was, he said, it's so marvelous. He said, I prayed for the horse And I thought, Lord, you you resurrected your son. You can resurrect my horse. And the horse, he he, said, took a deep breath and stood up and ran around uh, the backyard, you know, and said, hallelujah, you know. And you know what? This is so strange. He says, within two weeks, my red horse changed color into a black horse. (laughs) He said, wow, he said, Praise the Lord! He gave me a new horse. That's how he testified to me. He gave me a new horse. You know, like you know, you send in your car for repair and then got a new spray job. You know, yeah. It's you know. So this, this were the early was the my early introduction to the house, Chinese house church movement. This was uh, you know, uh, uh, 1980, 98 down and twenty years now. You know, and and. And after that, you know, it's still like this. 20 years have passed. The last time I met uh, Yoda, you know, uh, he told me about his half a pail of rice. They've been feeding the whole church for months and it's still half a pail of rice. So today when you go home, put your hands on your rice container. Why don't you try? (laughs) Because I really feel that this year, God is challenging me, challenging us to go beyond just believing God for provision, but even to believe God for supernatural provision. How's that? And so this this message is designed, you know, uh, to want to stretch your faith in that, you know, because whenever God does like that, I want us to know this principle. Miracles are revelations that point to God's nature and character. It reveals something to us. God doesn't do it frivolously. Whenever He does miracles, He's wanting to reveal an aspect of His heartbeat, His character, His nature to us. Amen. Every miracle, you can just pick any miracle, like the miracle in Cana, for example, when Jesus, uh, at His first recorded miracle in the Bible, when He turned water into... Wine at Cana, you know what does he? What was he wanting to reveal about God's heartbeat through that miracle? And you, you can you can just preach another whole sermon on that, you know. What what is why why the first miracle would happen in a wedding, you know? What is God's heart towards a union of 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 a man and a woman, you know? And and all that. Every time God does a miracle, He reveals something about His heart, His na- His nature, His character to us. So so I'm just challenging us to reflect on that. You know, I shared about how, you know, there was a multiplication of bun, there was a supernatural growth of the cucumbers, you know, there was a, the supernatural uh, 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 multiplication of rice. Notice all these are very mundane things in life. These are very mundane but necessities of life. So I want to challenge us for a moment to think about what do these miracles point to with regards to God's character, heartbeat, uh, His his, his love towards us. I I think about it. These are just simple things, you know. Simple things. And He would do miracles. What is He wanting to communicate to us through such miracles that He he does among His people? I I, I feel that he, he, He is... Revealing to us that He's our Heavenly Father and that He cares for us even over the little things in life, what seem to be mundane things in life. He's intimately interested and watchful over us and our daily needs. These are daily needs kind of stuff, don't you think so? you know no wonder you know jesus when he shared about when he uh, when he taught his disciples how to pray he challenges his disciples to pray uh, you know beginning his prayer to we do, we have to begin our prayer with just praising him as that he's our father hallowed be your name you know your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that's the premise the basis of all prayer is that God's will be done in our life, in every situation. And then the first thing we have to ask for is, give us this day our daily bread. How mundane can it get? And yet, it's something that Jesus said you have to pray about. Right? Daily. We have to pray about our our bread. This is our basics in life. So, what does it reveal to us? You know what? It reveals to us that He's our Heavenly Father who really cares. He really wants to interact with us over even the intimate little things in our daily life. He wants us to talk to Him daily, He wants to connect with us daily. He wants to be part of our littlest needs in life. He wants to bring about even, even supernatural provision you know, to our everyday life and, in, and, the, and the littlest needs in life. He wants to bring about supernatural provision to us. Now, I want to pause for a moment. I know I'll be speaking quite fast. Think about that. God wants to interact with you daily. He wants to be part of your daily experiences, even to bring the supernatural dimension and, into your daily needs. Think about that. And He wants you to talk with Him, interact with Him, daily. This, I want to challenge us, really challenge us through this message, this year, that we will walk in the fullness of it. Daily, we are in fellowship with God. Daily, we will bring God into the littlest things in life, because I I really feel that He wants to bring about even miracles in very mundane things. So, So I want to start with sharing with you facets of the life in the Chinese house church movement, you know, that even in daily things, you can experience miracles. Amen? Amen? So that we don't get used to a life that is same old, same old, you know, just earthly, natural, logical, carnal, you know, but God wants to bring in that supernatural dimension of His manifestation, His presence, you know, even in daily little things. In Jesus' name, I speak that into your spirit, man. So I want to ask of you right now, close your eyes and talk to God right now over your littlest things right now. Thank God every day, you know, Lord... I want to bring you into my life sorry that i've been neglecting you i've not been talking with you i've not been i've not been aware of your presence with me so lord i commit this day into your hand and in 2019 every day i want to interact with you i want to bring you into the littlest things in my life in my work in my in my office in my home over my children lord every day you ask of me to 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 Boldly ask you for the provision of my daily bread. So Lord, I, I, I will. I will come to you to ask you for your supernatural touch upon my work. Would you, would you imbue me with, with wisdom from on high? Would you put your hand upon my children? Would you protect my little ones? Would you grant them favor in the school? And Just daily, daily bring God into every arena of our life. Amen? Amen. Starting now. <laughs> and, and this shall be the way we live life 2019. God is every, in every littlest things in our life, and and bringing about supernatural provision into every aspect of our needs. Hallelujah! Agree? Amen. Agree? Amen. Agreement is powerful. It's a kingdom culture. When two shall agree upon anything, it shall be done. So, Father, we thank you this year, Lord. We we open our doors to you to to widely to you, to come into our life, into our home, into our innermost sanctum, Lord, into our hearts, into our awareness, and, and be part of everything we do, Lord, and to bring in the supernatural dimension into every, every little thing in our life, Lord. We want to live life, Lord, so much closer with you this year, so much more intimate, Lord. In our walk with you and 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 lord we declare by faith that we will see the supernatural take place in the even in the mundane things of life and makes it mundane no more we thank you lord in the name of jesus we agree and pray and everybody say amen 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 Amen. and so i want to bring us into a greater awareness of this aspect of god's abundance because I, I believe he wants to manifest his abundance in a whole new way in our life this year. You know, and, and and you need to be acquainted with the fact that he's the God of abundance. He's the God of abundance. The first home, the very first home he created for Adam and, and Eve was it, at, at the point of creation, was Eden, right? And you know, Eden is a, was a place of of such lavish provision beyond what Adam and Eve could use, could exhaust. Eden was a place of such lavish provision. Eden actually means pleasure. Pleasure. Signifying that it is a home created not just for Adam's mere survival, but for him to enjoy rich pleasure and provision and abundance. That's God's nature. You know, God, God's not only the God of abundance, He is the, He's our Heavenly Father who delights in providing abundantly for His children. He's lavish in all His ways. He is. And I want you to, to have new light and revelation of, of God's nature of great abundance, of great lavish generosity. It is His nature. And He said this, that's why He said this through His Son, you know, in in John 10.10. He says, a thief comes only to steal and, and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life, talking about us, you know, may have life and have it in abundance. Everybody shout abundance. I want you to believe God for supernatural abundance this year. You will thank me <laughs> when the time comes. Well, of course, you thank Jesus first of all. But when the time comes of, lean, of leanness and you see God's supernatural abundance on you, you, you can really thank God for, for His supernatural provision. Amen. Amen. Because of His nature of abundance, God does not. Do you know? Because of His nature of abundance, of stupendous abundance, God doesn't, every time you come to Him to ask Him to meet your needs, He doesn't even listen to your need. Oh, controversial, you know. This statement, what do you mean by that, Pastor John? Do you know when you come to God to ask Him to meet your needs, He doesn't even go by your needs because of His nature of such stupendous abundance, He supplies for your needs, not according to your needs. It's according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's what He says in His Word. Philippians 4, 19 says, God will supply, and I speak this into your spirit, man. God will supply all your needs according to His riches, not according to your needs. Because if He... Up- if He supplies according to your needs, it means just gum-gum, you know, just enough, you know, to meet and and help you tide over. That's not his, His nature. He's just too generous for that. So when you come to Him for a need to be met, He doesn't base it on His needs. He blesses you, provides for you, supplies for you according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now let that sink into your heart. No wonder every time God supplies, you know what? Even though your prayer may be like, Lord, please help me pay my rental this month, you know. God gives you for the next three years or something. I mean, you know, it's just it's his nature. That's why, whenever God supplies, it's always abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Because it's not based on your needs, it's based on his riches and in glory, but in Christ Jesus. And you know what? He's very rich. The one who created the whole universe, the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and on of the hills also. So. He owns them all, you know. And on the of the whole planet that the hills sit on. You know. And he when he when he supplies all your need, it's abundantly above all, exceedingly abundantly. Which some versions, if exceedingly, some versions say, far more abundantly, beyond all that we can ask or even think because it's according to His power, not according to our power, that He works to bring about that richness of supply. That's our God. Amen. And I want you to meditate on these words because this year is going to be a great blessing to you. It's going to be a great blessing to you. When God provides for His children, He always gives the best. He doesn't sting on his children he doesn't sting on his children and you see this manifested in every time he blesses for example uh, uh, five loaves two fish he doesn't just give enough it's more than enough you know jesus is so beautiful he's so beautiful you know he's so abundant He's so rich but yet he's not wasteful he picks up the remnants bring home for your family you know he's so rich but he's not wasteful. He's such a balanced individual, <laughs> you know. He's so glorious in all his ways. When, when, he, uh, when, he, uh, when, he, when he changed or turned water into wine in Cana, like I mentioned just now, he didn't just give them a airline wine, <laughs> you know. Just, just suffices to uh, 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 stave off the embarrassment for the, for the wedding couple. In their culture, to run out of wine in your wedding is a very embarrassing thing it means you cannot afford to get married and you want to get married you know so but jesus when he turned the water into wine he didn't give them just a cheap house pour you know i mean just to stave them just to save them from the embarrassment he gave them the best that the wedding could have and people were so stunned why do you give this such good wine david at the end you know yeah that's our lord <laughs> That's our God. And today, I want to, by the grace of God, stretch your faith to believe Him for such stupendous abundance, such supernatural provision for your life, for your children, for your household. Even if you're here today and you say, but I'm satisfied. You know, you're know, you one of those that you're not really asking God for more. You're satisfied where you are and your job and, 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 and happy with what you have. Well, I'm still challenging you to stretch your faith. Why don't you ask God for more so that you can be a greater blessing? You can give more. You can be a greater channel of blessing you know, for many more other people to experience God's and God's generosity and lavish goodness through your life. I want to challenge your faith to be, to be willing and expectant to steward over more for God's glory and purpose. Can I hear an amen for that? Amen? Because God wants to stretch our faith. It is His nature. It is His nature. And I'm bringing it to, to God's name. What, what's in a name? For, for Hebrews, you, you do know that. I've shared this a couple of times before. For Hebrew people, <clears throat> they are very mindful about names. It, you know, in their culture, they know that names describe a person, total being, his, his character, calling, destiny. Jewish people do not hurry to name their children, even when they have a new baby in the house. Because they are, they are mindful to want to seek God, to understand what is the calling of this child before they name the child according to their calling. That's why sometimes their name can be a little strange, you know. Uh, Jabez, or pain, or whatever, you know. <laughs> and all that, yeah, yeah. Uh, at his death, the judgment comes, and that kind of thing. So, what are, you know, the, the names, why? Because they really believe that the name describes, the name describes a total being, the person, the calling, the destiny. And you know what? One of God's name <clears throat> that He gave Himself he is Jehovah Jireh. Actually, a more accurate transliteration from Hebrew is Yahweh Yireh. What Yahweh Yireh? <coughs> you can find this in Genesis 22, verse 14. That was what Abraham proclaimed or at that point, Abram. When he was going, oh, at the time he was already Abraham, uh, he was going to sacrifice his son Isaac, and God provided a ram caught in the thicket and he had a fresh new revelation of another aspect of God, that God is not only Yahweh, it's Yahweh Yireh, the Lord that provides. It literally means, the Lord will provide. It's one of his titles that he gave himself, the Lord will provide. And I declare over you, the Lord will provide. Over you, over your life, over your household, the works of your hands, that God's richest provision will always be abundant in your life. Amen? Are you in agreement with me? Amen. The Lord, it is it, his name, it is his nature, it is, it is his character. Oh, that's our Father. That's our Heavenly Father, Yahweh Yireh. The Lord who provides, will provide. The Lord will provide. And so, because of that nature, you know, you can see multiple examples of of supernatural supply in in the scripture. The Bible is replete, it is it's filled with many records of God's faithful, abundant, and even supernatural provision for His people. I'm sure you've read many, many of them. I mean, let's take, for example, the the journey and experiences of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. Wow! God brought forth water from the rocks. Now, that's supernatural. Then God brought down manna from the sky. That is supernatural. And when they needed, when they wanted meat, the taste of meat, God brought in the the quails from the desert, you know, just just fly in to to feed them, feed the children of Israel. Now, all those are supernatural provision. So I want you to let this sink into your heart. How How would supernatural provision look like in my life right now? Because God is going to challenge every one of us. Believe Him for more. Much more to be stewarded over for His glory and purpose. Amen, amen. Not just same old, same old. The year this is a year that God is wanting to bring about supernatural provision. How about ravens that brought meat? First Kings seventeen uh, to the prophet Elijah at the brook Cherith. Raven don't bring meat to people; they take meat from people. <laughs> right that's supernatural in the time and that was, in a, oh, that was also in the time of famine. It was drought, famine, and God provided for, for his man. Supernaturally, so I want to stretch your faith to believe God for supernatural provision. Supernatural opening in your career this year. Supernatural uh, supernaturally hate hunted to better job to, to better provision. Supernatural new avenues for revenues to flow. That God may use you to be a greater channel than ever before, to be a blessing to people around you, is that a, is that a good proposal? Amen. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> how about how about fish that provides tax money for Jesus and his disciples? That's supernatural. Uh, go fish. Now in the mouth there will be a what? I R E S is warning. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go fish or a turtle in a reservoir and see if it gives me my tax return you know <laughs> for twenty nineteen wow i am really challenged, you know actually all these years looking at the at the at the at a Chinese church and always hearing about their supernatural provision. sometimes I feel bad like God, you know maybe I'm too comfortable you know to believe you for the for that Really supernatural natu- dimension of provision. But, but this year, uh, this period of time, I really feel challenged. I'm going to ask God for it. Boldly ask God for it. Because, you know, we, 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 we have been blessed. Now, we want to be super blessed to be a greater channel of blessing to people around us. Amen? Amen? Because in a time of, of economic uh, challenges, you know, I think more money can come in really handy to do the work of God. To, to be God's expression of compassion and mercy to to people who are in need, don't you think so? Uh, Amen. I, be, I believe it's for that reason that God is challenging us. I remember years ago I read much about. Uh, uh, I'm sure Natasha would know George Müller. No, George Müller. Uh, uh, well, he was uh, German. Uh, he was a native German, but he, uh, he 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 his life was really interesting. He he he. He lived from like 1802 to 1889, almost for 100 years, something like that, you know, in, in those years. And, and he, 92 years he lived in, just before 1900, 1989 or 90, 98, 1998 he, he passed away. Now, George Muller was a German, native German. Uh, uh, felt the call of God to be a missionary to England, and he finally settled down in Bristol. Do you call it Bristol? Uh, Bristol, England. Uh, And and he became a pastor for many years, 60 over years a pastor, and he had great compassion for the street children uh, from early days. So, God put on his heart to start orphanages and you must read about him go to you Google about him his orphanages he, he started various orphanages at, at he, by the end of his life he would have like uh, taken care of about 10,000 orphans and, and he's known for audacious faith for God's supernatural provision, audacious faith you know a, a man of great faith and God would actually uh, send him out to travel to share, his faith, you know, in many, many places. So he also uh, it, itinerated, you know, traveled into, as a preacher. All right. One time, this, this, this is a famous, situa- famous uh, testimony. One time, uh, the matron of his orphanage, this particular one with about 300 over orphans, came to him and like, Mr. Mueller, uh, we have run out of food. So that morning, he looks at 300 kids sitting in front of their empty plates and their cutleries. And and you know what he did? He said, children, children, we don't want to be late for school, do we? So let's pray fast and give thanks. And he asked them to pray and give thanks over the food by faith. He said, there's not much time. I don't want any of you to be late for school. So let us pray. And you know what? He prayed a very simple prayer. Dear God, we thank you for what you're going to give us to eat. Amen. And all the children go, amen. And just at the amen, the, the, the door has a knock. And he went to open the door. This is true, true testimony. There was a baker of the town with loads of bread. He said, I couldn't sleep all night last night. I felt God say, you all need bread. So I woke up 2 a.m. in the morning and started preparing all this bread. So here you go, the bread. So so, so he got all his kids out to cut in all the bread onto the table and they had bread. And the moment they bit into their bread, another knock. And he went to open the door and the milkman was there. (laughs) He said, my milk truck just broke down and I need to fix the, the wheel, but I cannot fix it with all the loads of milk on it. Why don't you all take it? The whole truck load of milk. So all the kids came out to bring in all the milk, you know, and so that he could repair his milk truck. <laughs> How's that for provision? I have many stories to tell, you know, over the years I've seen things, heard things, known things. I tell you, this year I want you to believe God for supernatural provision. I remember years ago, I know this guy. Uh, uh, um, I don't know whether I have time for that. But, uh, uh, in my previous, previous church, you know. Uh, one time I was, uh, 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 this was in 1989, 91, 18 89 about 89, 90. I was in my previous, previous church. Uh, I was I used to be in Calvary. And now it's called Victory Family Center. And and I remember one day I was going home. I was going home and God said, No, there's someone I want you to minister. Because I was asking God, you know, I said, God, you know, use me, use me to touch life, you know, use me to minister to people. I was still very new in the faith at that time. Just came back from being backslidden for five years. And <clears throat> And I said, use me, use me. That day we were in the service. At the end of service, I was we were walking out, and, and the Lord said, There's somebody I can use you for. You know, and I turned and I saw this mean-looking man, cross-eyed. Some of you may know who I'm talking about. You know, it was in the Shalom Hall. This is it Shalom, the, the round one. You know, I, I turned around, I saw this man, mean-looking, dark tan, seated alone. Everyone was leaving, and I saw this man, and God said, well, go minister to Him. I walked really fast. <laughs> <laughs> home, home. You know, I didn't want to. You know, So I, I, I was holding my Bible. In those days, we still hold Bible. We have real Bibles those days. <laughs> I remember coming out of uh, uh, Kitchener Road to the, to the bar stop there. I was waiting. For, and God spoke to me and said, you just prayed that I would use you. And now I want to use you. You're running home. So I turned back. Okay, I walked really slow this time, really slow. <laughs> I hope that he, la- he has left by the time I reach you know, so strange. I reached the hall, you know, and he was still there. No one else was in the hall by then. Who were from uh, Calvary those days where we were in Kitchener Road? I know Wilson was there. Oh, you were there? You know, those uh, Rothika Hall, Shalom Hall. This was, I think, Shalom Hall. Yeah. And, and, he was still alone there. It was so strange and like, really, God, you know, this person. He said, "Yes." So I walked over to him and long, I'm making a long story short. He cannot understand English. Why was he at the English service? I don't know. You know, so so I could communicate with him in Hokkien. He said, "I am," uh, and he was really cross-eyed. You know, this big guy, cross-eyed. And he said, I live at the flat here. I mean, he told me, this what, those one-room flat beside uh, Kitchener Road. Are they still there, those one-room flat? No more, huh? Yeah. He said, I was there. I'm, I'm an Osiu uh, Hong, the what do you call that? welder. I'm a welder. He said, you know, I, I was standing uh, up from my place. It's a rented place. He said, I looked down to the church and something drew me. I saw you people praying and I thought, if there's God in your midst, I want to experience Him. This was his story. And he said, so I came in today not knowing it's an English service. He doesn't even know what kind of language we speak. I mean, he just came. He was just drawn. The Spirit of God drew him and he said, I was sitting here, you know, and I did not understand a thing. I was really discouraged when nobody said hello to me. And I told God, I'm leaving now if no one comes to introduce you to me. And that's when you came back. <laughs> yes. So you know what? In Hokkien, I led him to the Lord. He was such a testimony. He, he. The Lord told him to continue to come to the English congregation. He could hear God. And he grew in the, within two years, he could speak English. You know, like, just listen and ask people. And he, you know what? His life was so gloriously saved, transformed, and within like, Two years, uh, he three years. Within two and a half years, he 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 found love with a Malaysian uh, a Malaysian nurse uh, working in Singapore. Uh, of course, nurse is educated. You know, got married. It was so glorious. But what the testimony I want to get to was this: he had such simple faith to believe God for provision. And so when he got married, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, they bought their first place, a little uh, HDB flat. And you know what? He prayed for everything he needed. He prayed for literally everything he needed. So when he held a housewarming party, when we came to his house, you know what? Everything that was supernaturally supplied, he had a tag. God bless. God bless. God bless from the bulb to the lamp, to the oven, to the sofa. Everything he prayed in, he didn't buy a thing. And he said, for even for the housewarming party, because it's so strange, but it looked very eclectic, I must say, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) all kinds of colours and different things, but he was so happy at his housewarming, he said, look at all this, all this, all God bless, it's all God bless, you know, he speaks simple English, you know, and he said, even for the housewarming, he said, I needed drinks, I needed fruits, so I prayed, and last night, at least two persons appeared at my door, you know, and I heard sound. One of them was a, a someone placed a box there and walked and he saw and he went to open the door and got that person to come back. That person drove from KL, felt led to, the Lord gave him an address. He drove from KL with a box of a box drinks, fruits and all that to come to his place, put it outside his house and walked off. That guy is blessed, I'm telling you. Someone who can obey God like that, you know. And at least two persons came to put food that he needed outside his house for the housewarming specifically. Check that out. Now that is supernatural (laughs) provision. I was so challenged, you know, such simple faith. Still cross-eyed, but he said, God bless me with everything. God bless me. Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> he said, even the drink you're drinking now, you know. And I gave him an oven. We all prayed and we all gave different things. And so even my oven there, he has a God bless the sticker, everything. <laughs> I'm challenging us for supernatural provision this year. Don't just operate in the same old, same old. God wants to stretch your faith. Can I hear an amen from you? <laughs> I tell you, God wants to stretch us, use us for, for greater blessing. Amen. Let's learn from George Miller. Let's learn from, from, from them how, how, how can God give us supernatural provision? You know, in the last, uh, my last session, I preached a message on prospering, uh, 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 even in the midst of uh, famine. You know, I want to reiterate that again that supernatural provision. There's provision in the midst of famine. And actually, the Bible has multiple examples. You know, we covered last in the last session uh, about Isaac, right? Isaac, remember, in the last session, Isaac sold at the time of famine, but he took instruction from the Lord. He tried to copy Daddy Abraham to go down to Egypt, like what Daddy did or Abraham did in his famine of his days, but God stopped him halfway before he crossed the Sinai Desert. He said, you, for you, you stay here in Gera I will, I will bless you here. You will sow here. Basically, God gave him instruction. You will invest here. I'm with you to bless you. He took instruction. He obeyed. He sowed, and he prospered. A hundred times, that is 10,000%. Imagine, within that year, within that year, alright? And, and, and I want to remind you, that is supernatural provision. That is during a time of economic downturn, extreme economic downturn. Now, how about uh, 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 Elijah? We mentioned Elijah. Y'all know about Elijah and the widow. I'm gonna just, just be, yeah, just give you a panoramic view, right? Elijah during the time of famine, drought, three over years, right? God told him, "For you, I'll provide for you at the brook Cherith." He went to the brook Cherith. It's a brook. God provided water, God provided the ravens to bring uh, uh, um, uh, the food to him, and he, he, he was there for a season of time, and then the brook ran dry, and then God spoke to him very specifically, Get up, go to Zarephath, that belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Look, I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. And what happened was that he when he arrived... Uh, Obeying God's instruction, he met a widow that was really needy. She had only a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil left. That was to be her last meal. Her plan was to make the last meal, eat it with her son, and wait to die. That was their grand plan. Now, you got got, uh, uh, Elijah coming to her, and say, oh, I see. So you got your last meal. Give it to me. <laughs> no, you think about it. All you mothers, what would you do? You have your, own ch- your only child with you. You got your last meal. And this man came up to you and said, uh, give, give me first. What would you do? <laughs> you know, I mean, as a mother, you know, the instinct of a mother. Think about it. And yet, the Bible records that she actually did that. That's radical. She actually made it into a pancake of sort, you know, and gave it to Elijah. And you know what? What was the outcome of it? Never-ending supply of flour and oil for the for, for the widow and the child throughout the whole famine season several years, and they had unending supply. Now, that's supernatural. What is the principle here? The principle here is that the widow sowed her last flower and oil and was blessed with God's supernatural provision. Now, now this principle is, is powerful. And I want you to note this. What is manifestly insufficient to meet your need. It's meant for sowing, not for eating. Now, they could have eaten that last meal and really starved to death. But what she did instead was she sold it and she didn't die. And she had God's supernatural provision. Many a times I meet Christians you know, who are in debt, who are in financial difficulties, and, and there's, or, or maybe in the midst of bankruptcy and they're still making payments, their repayments, installments, and all that. And in the name of that land, they stop sowing. I tell you, that's the greatest mistake. Because what is manifestly insufficient to meet your needs anyway, is really meant by God for you to sow, not to eat. If you just eat it, all you read is a burp instead of a breakthrough. You understand? And the widow did that. That was a radical act of faith. And because of that, she, she was supernaturally provided for for the rest of the famine years. Wow. So go read the, read the scripture, meditate on it, you know, and let God speak to you. All right? Now, all of God's abundant and even supernatural supply it always begins with a seed. Everybody say, a seed. A seed. Now, we're going to look at this now. Uh, <laughs> okay. It begins with a seed. Now, I want you to hold this thought in your heart because we're going to work the truth this year like never before. Second Corinthians 9 now. Now. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. First of all, I want you to have this clarity of vision. This is God's financial plan for every one of His cho- beloved children. Every one of us. What's God's financial plan for you? This is one of my, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. God is able... To, or let's, let's, let's read it together. It's such a beautiful scripture. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having... All sufficiency in everything you may have an abundance for every good work. Every adjective is a superlative, it's an extreme. He's able to make all grace, not just some, all, not most is all. Trickle to you, no, abound towards you. So that at some time, no, always have at all times and having all sufficiency and in everything. Now that is abundant that you may have an abundance for how many works? <laughs> every good work. Do you know that's God's financial plan for every one of His beloved children? And I want you to boldly claim it for yourself. Lord, 2019, I want to live in this scripture more than ever before. So we have an agreement on this? Amen. Superlative, every adjective, every description of how God provides for us. Now, this scripture, how do we live in this scripture? Well, then you got to read on to the next. Because right after this, it tells you how. How you can live in this superlative life of, 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 of stupendous abundance, divine abundance. How does it look like? What do we do? All right. Now, help me now. Okay, now this is, this is really, really, oh, this scripture really blessed me, you know, people really bless me, really bless me. It's one of my favorite scriptures really in the, in the Bible. You know, it teaches you how. How can the previous verse come about? This is how. There's a sequence to this. I'm going to do it quite fast. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Now look, there is a sequence here. First of all, recognize that he is the source. He who supplies seed. Say with me, he's He who supplies seed. First of all, to live in that that stupendously blessed, supernaturally abundant life, the first step is your mindset. God is my source, not man, not my own cunning, not my my abilities, you know, my, my, my whatever, experiences in the marketplace all these years. First of all, acknowledge that God is the one who gives you all the seed. He's the source. You know, He's your master, you are but a steward. This has got to be in, in, in place first. All right? Then, then it, says, it says here, he who supplies it to the sower. Ah, the first act is sowing, not eating. It's the principle of the tithe. Right, I'll put it to later on now. All right? First of all, when you get your harvest, your first priority is to sow. Then you consume and bread for food. We'll supply, he, if you do that, if you do that, when he he his, and his, when he entrusts his seed into your hands, you acknowledge it's from him. You are but a steward. And then you first of all you sow your tithe. Then you consume as your bread for food. You know what he will do? He will do his part. He will multiply your seed for sowing. He will multiply it and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And then you will enter into the supernaturally abundant cycle of you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which is a a reinforcement of the previous scripture again. All grace abound towards you at all time, having all sufficiency, that you may have abundance for every good works. Everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. It glorifies Him when you live the abundant life. Truly, supernaturally, divinely abundant life. Now, this, there's a sequence. He is Lord. He's your supply. Two, our priority is soul first, to acknowledge Him as the source because tithe is your declaration that He is the one who owns everything in the first place. Then you consume and after you because that part is for for your needs and while you do that, you can expect the harvest to come. You can expect the harvest and God said, when you do that, I will bring about the harvest and God's true supply is in the harvest not in the first batch of seed. Do you understand? His supply is many fold, many fold, hundreds fold, you know, beyond what is the first batch, which is your paycheck. Let that sing into your heart. That delivered me out of a vicious cycle of lack for many years in my life. You know. Some of you hear my story from my childhood, you know. And, and, and I realized that, wow, if you just place Him first. So this is a sequence of it, alright? Recognize that God is a source of supply, so the other part then you consume your own use for your family and all that and you can expect the harvest because God is at work. that harvest is God's true supply to you. So he wants us to be savvy in this in working the law of seed time and harvest. Remember the last session I, I touched on the law of seed, seed time and harvest work it, work it for your for your blessing. God gave it to us and he wants us to have the have the uh, 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 the, the faith and the revelation to work it to our advantage. All right. So the key here is this, that you've got to understand that money has seed potential. It behaves like seeds. You, you must learn to manage your money like a farmer would manage his seeds. And so the sequence is 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 acknowledging him. Then we sow. Then we eat and expect the multiplication to take place in the ground. That harvest is God's true true supply. And so notice that the first thing to do with the seed is really to set aside the portion to to honour God and acknowledge that He's the source. I remember one time going to a farmer's house, you know, uh, 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 and 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 he has sex, and sacks. This was already after the harvest, late autumn, and all his wheat are already in. Uh, Soya corn. okay, So four main crops of uh, northern China. And he already got all insects ready to sell, you know. And he said, oh, praise God, it's been a year of abundance. And, and, and then I saw a basket, a low basket, beautiful golden corn on the side of the house. I said, so those are... For sale, is that for eating for your family? So, oh no, no, no. No, is it these are my best seed. this is my first first batch. These are for sowing first. I always set this aside first. Then we eat what is the rest? You know? Now that gave me a revelation. That is the principle. He sets aside his best first to be sown. He said, if I eat then you know, I mean, next year we'll be starving. You know, yeah. They understood how to work with seeds and how to work their seeds, and the word of God tells us to work our money like a farmer would work the seeds. Amen. And God, God will see to it that you will never be in lack, never be in lack. And if you are not consistent in your sowing, you will not be consistent in your harvest. It's simple as that. So if you if you sow only sporadically, you, you will harvest sporadically. As a farmer. <laughs> so some Christians are some Christians say poor because they've been eating up the seeds meant for sowing. <laughs> they've been eating it. So all they can harness is a, a, is a burp. <clears throat> Not a harvest. How sad. And so they get stuck in a vicious uh, cycle of, of poverty. Amen. If you never operated in verse 10, you cannot enter into the divine abundance, cycle of divine abundance in verse 11. You know, that, that all liberality, having all sufficiency for every good works at all times, for every, with all grace abounding towards us, that's superlative. So God wants you to work money that way. Know that money has seed potential. Know that when you have a need, God wants you to think seed. I have a need, now God wants me to think seed. If I need to get married, I need this, oh, I better sow now. If I want to start the venture, I, I need capital, I better sow now. Because every time you have a need, God wants you to think seed. Because that's how He functioned. Do you know when God wants a whole generation of children, He sowed His Son. That is thinking Seed. I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You know, that's actually referring to Christ and His death that brought about you and me today. When God wants a a whole generation of sons and daughters, He sold His only begotten, Jesus Christ. Think about that. So God meets your needs through the harvest from Your seed. That's why I said in the last session, you know, when God said in the book of Malachi, you know, He said, I will pour out. Test me in this. Tithe and test me in this. If I would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain, it refers to His blessing like rain. And I said in the last session, if you did not put seeds into the ground, (laughs) never mind about the pouring out of rain. All you get is muddy ground. Nothing for God to work with to bring about the harvest for you. Amen? Amen. And that is the principle of the tithe. All right. The principle of the tithe is this, putting God first. It's a declaration that God, you're, you're first. So when I take my supply, I say, I acknowledge it's from you, and this is yours. <laughs> and by declaring that, you know, you're, de- you're declaring to the powers of the air, you know, and the principalities and powers, you are not going to touch my property because my property belongs to God. That's the principle of the tithe. Tithing is a practice of acknowledging that everything we have comes from God. And so we return to Him a minimum of 10% to say, Lord, You are Lord over everything that I have. And the enemy cannot take anything from me. And I want to thank You. Thank You that You you supply so abundantly for my life. And in return, God said, I will bless You. I will bless You with supernatural protection of Your asset, the, the multiplication of Your income. That's what He said. Malachi 3, verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this. Chichuan quoted from this scripture. Says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then, not just that, he's, not just He will pour out his, his, his anointing on your land, uh, his blessing on your asset to multiply it. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast his grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed. That will be the divine outcome. They will call you blessed and you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So God said, I will, I will not only bring about a, a, a multiplication of your income, I will also bring about supernatural protection protection of your assets. That's what he says. I will rebuke the devourer. And God rebuking the devourer includes that of making those who have devoured from you, stolen from you, return to you what is rightfully yours, even double, even in multiple folds. That's the way God works. That's why you look at uh, 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 Job, Job was devoured. The enemy came in, robbed him, removed his family members I and mean, killed them. It was tragic. The attack was tragic. But you know what? When God restores his life, he ended up twice as blessed in every arena. Isn't that so in the book of Job? You know, when God restores, the enemy will regret he ever touched you because you'll come, you, you will come back stronger, more blessed than ever before. That's God's style. He has a style you know, of working. You know The way He restores is a supernatural restoration. So I want to quickly touch on this principle and we will close. I want you to expect God's supernatural restoration this year. And what is supernatural restoration? It's recovering that which was lost. I know among us here, there are people who have lost. There are people who have made mistakes even or who have been scammed, who have been stolen from, robbed from, I want the family to join our faith with you today at the end of this sermon, you know, and to pray together for God's supernatural restoration, to recover back that which which the canker worm, the locusts have taken, even the years that the canker worm and the locusts have taken. God can restore back to those lost opportunity, those lost years and youth. God is able. Do you believe? Amen. Second King six. Second King six, verse one. I want to quickly read this, or right, quickly. All right, this is a very curious account of a miracle that happened with the sons of prophets. It's an account of, of, of the sons of prophets losing their assets all right, in the course of their work. The sons of the prophets said to Elisha, please notice that this place where we live under your supervision is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan where we can get a log and can build ourselves a place to live there. Go, he said. Then one said, please come with your servants. I'll come, he answered. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. They were busy about expanding the house, building the ministry all right, setting the foundation, building the ministry. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the the iron axe head fell into the water and he cried out, Oh, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God asked, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, the man of God cut a stick, threw it there, and made the iron float. Now, that's supernatural. It's a supernatural restoration. Then he said, Pick it up. So he reached out, and took it. Now this is a very rich, um, very very rich um, scripture here, where you can you can derive m- much revelation from about how a person who left his ministry, how the person who has fallen can go back to the place to retrieve where he lost it and his walk, his intimacy, whatever. There are many aspects to this. But today we look from look at it from the aspect of supernatural restoration. Sometimes in our lives, incidents, accidents can happen in such a way that incur losses. Losses beyond our expectation or control, right? And like like the case of this axe head, iron axe head that fallen into the river. I mean, how do you find the axe head in the river, in the mud, in the muddy uh, river? How do you do that? It, it, has, it is impossible in its retrieval and and recovery, humanly impossible. Uh, do you face anything like this? It, it may be like. It may be like a loss that has been brought about by someone who has scammed you, stolen, stolen from you, and yet it's done such a... You're unable to, to seek redress or restitution. Have anyone experienced something like that in your life? I have. I have. You know what? In this situation, the prophet Elisha did something very... almost bizarre. How is that a solution? He cut a stick of wood And threw it into the water and the iron axe head miraculously floated to the surface to be retrieved. Why is that so? You know, Bible says, um, let me think, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, cursed is he who hangs on a tree. What is that referring to? Jesus, right? The cross is also referred to as a tree because in the Hebrew expression, it's called the wood. So it, the wood can be the cross. It can refer to the tree. It's the same as like kayu you know, in Malay. You know, the wood. And, and, and it's a symbolic prophetic act when Elijah threw the piece of wood. In, you know, and and it, it brought about the supernatural restoration of a lost asset. Think about what is the symbolism here. The the wood here represents the cross, the redemptive work of Christ, of the coming Messiah. And when applied to the situation, it, it, it brought about divine restoration, supernatural restoration of that which was lost. It's a picture of how we too can believe and expect God for His supernatural restoration in our lives on the redemptive work of Christ on our behalf. Amen. Because of Jesus and what He has done, we can come before God legally to ask for restoration. Amen. Amen. And when the cross is applied into the situation, it can bring about supernatural restitution. I want you to hold this thought and apply it because I know there are people in our midst, you have been hurt, harmed, stolen from, robbed, you know, and in one way or another and I want you to know because of Jesus Christ, we can, we can, we can believe God for supernatural restoration. And I want to join my faith with you that 2019, we will see those supernatural restoration. Even the children that have been stolen from you or or marriage have been wrecked up by the enemy or whatever, I want you to stand stand in faith with me today for, for God's restoration to be effected in the year of 2019. Shall we? Amen? Amen. In Christ, we can supernaturally recover that. that that which has been lost. Shout, Amen. 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 So like this man in in the scripture, he dropped his axe head and he knew it's something that he could not humanly retrieve and it's something that belongs to somebody else and it's a great loss. He cried out. I want you to learn from this scripture something here, something here I want you to notice. It says, then he said, pick it up. So this man responded, he reached out and took it. You have to be expectant and observant for God's restoration after we pray. Because if you do not work with God, you know, to expect it and to reach out, you won't see it when God is bringing about the restoration. And when God tells you, okay, now I want you to apply your attention in this area or or invest in this because God is going to use that to restore back all the financial losses from the great stock crash of the previous downturn, whatever, God may speak to you and you are not hearing because you don't expect it. What you don't expect, you cannot discern, amen? So like that man, I want you to expect, believe and expect that it will take place and you are all poised to act when God gives you the instruction or God brings about, well, metaphorically, Uh, the floating of the iron axe head for you to go reach out and pick up. You will know how to do it. You will respond to it. You will seize the moment for God's restoration to be effected. Amen? Amen. It is possible. I want you to know with God, all things are possible. I remember a few years ago, one of my main uh, uh, key partners from Inner Mongolia. Uh, my key, his wife was telling me this story. She she went with another sister to another province to preach to minister, and 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 she on the trip she wore something special to her. It was a very it's a scarf uh, uh, that is very precious to her, given to her by an auntie she loved and who has passed on, and, and it, 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 there's a lot of sentimental value with that scarf. And that trip, she decided to wear that scarf. And she said on the, and, uh, on the trip, on the way back, they were having like a pit stop, you know, like stop by to pick up something, to do something. And somehow in the, when it, he, he, she was at the shop, she had to take it out, I think to try on something or what. She took it out, she said, and she placed the scarf on the side, you know, and to try something or what. And she forgot, she left it there. Went into the car with a the, with the, with the sister and drove towards uh, their hometown. And it was like an hour later that she realized, oh, oh, no, uh, my scarf, my scarf. She, she remembered where she left it. They rushed back to the shop and, and, and asked them. And they said, no, we didn't see anything. If you went there, it wasn't it wasn't there. She was so upset. She was really upset, you know. And and they said, no. And nobody came in and not, it could not be. You know, nobody came in and yet the thing went missing. You know, and she said she was so sad. So on the way back, she was crying out to God. She said, I really, really want to have it back. This that, that scarf is important for me. Lord, Lord. And she was praying and praying. And you know what? When she went, when she reached home, she walked in that scarf was on the dressing table in the exact same shape she placed it at the shawl. You know, stacked up in the, in, in, on the dressing table. Angel brought it back and placed it on the dressing table. That's called supernatural restoration. Are you ready for that? If you are ready for that, then I want you to stand because I want to pray with you that this year, this year, that God will restore back to you even the years, Y-E-A-R-S, the years that the locusts and the canker worm have taken. God's restoration is supernatural. And this year, we're going to believe God for supernatural supply, supernatural provision, supernatural restoration, of even that which is humanly impossible for its retrieval or for restitution to be effected. Let's believe God. That this year, we can experience a jubilee principle here of restoration, of, a, of God's fullness of supply and even supernatural abundant provision. I want to pray with you because I really believe uh, this is needed for the times up ahead. And God is preparing us to be able not only to, to survive in the times up ahead, but to thrive. To thrive, to thrive, to thrive for His glory. I want you to join your heart with me this year, God will bless you with such financial liberality, such financial freedom. You don't have a care in serving God. You don't have a care in, 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 in being part of the ministry, in reaching out to lives around you because God has so abundantly supplied for your own needs. Amen? Amen? Let's agree over this. Let's agree because when two shall agree upon anything on earth, it shall be done. This shall be the year of supernatural provision, supernatural restitution, supernatural restoration. And the and in under the Mosaic law, the thief, when he's caught, he has to pay back double. So if you have been robbed, I want to you I want you to join your faith with me that the enemy will have to pay you back double. Amen. Some people have they have, have that their, their children stolen from them, or relationship damaged and wrecked up by the enemy relationship precious to you. Some people have your businesses scammed away from you and then all kinds of things. I want you to know God is the God of restoration. And this year, we're going to join our faith together to believe God for His supernatural provision and restoration. Let's take a moment in. Let's worship Him first. Come. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that through the ministry of your word and of your Holy Spirit, you align our hearts and our belief with you and with your word, Lord. We align ourselves with you and what you're saying to us for this coming year. Lord, we declare that you are a good father. We declare that you're the God of abundance and you're a heavenly father who wants to provide for your children lavishly that which befits your glory. We found out today, you don't even just only meet our needs, because you don't meet our needs according to our needs. You meet our needs, you supply for our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And we declare, Lord, because of that, our needs shall always be met exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could even ask or even imagine. Lord, we thank you that 2019 shall be the year of supernatural provision. Supernatural restoration. And we believe you for that. Father, we thank you that through your Word, Lord, you stretch our faith. You stretch our faith to operate in a whole new level, Lord, of believing you not just only for provision, but for supernatural provision this year. So, Lord, we ask of You boldly for Your touch to be upon Your children, Your supernatural favour to rest upon the works of our hands, upon every enterprise that's represented here, every business, every work, every career, that Your wisdom, Your favour abound towards us, Lord, and You cause Your grace to abound towards us, that at all times, with all sufficiency, we shall always have an abundance for every good work. So Lord, this year, we ask of You to use us, Lord, to be and and equip us, Lord, to be greater channels of blessing to other people, people around us, more than ever before, Lord, to be a greater blessing more than ever before. even in in difficult times lord we shall be your light your light of generosity your 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 revelation of compassion lord and you will use us lord to cause even kings to be drawn to the likeness of your glory in our life to the brightness of your glory in our life in, in our walk thank you father we thank you lord thank you lord for your word spoken to us today and we as a church family believe you in unity of faith Lord for this to come to pass this year so Lord I speak breakthrough breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough upon every person in this house breakthrough financially breakthrough in the stewardship of, of true riches Lord not just worldly wealth breakthrough Lord in our life and work before you in every aspect that you may use us Lord to reach out even in difficult times when people are crying out for an answer to their to their, to their challenges and problems, crying out for a help in the midst of their land. Lord, you can use us, Lord, use us to reveal Christ to them in very practical ways, to reveal your love, your compassion towards them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for enlarging us, for increasing our faith. Thank You, Lord, for using us, Lord, to reveal Your glory to our generation for such a time as this. We thank You. We agree upon this. And we receive by faith what You have spoken over us in the name of our Lord Jesus. And all of God's people say, Amen. 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 You have been listening to a Petra Church recording. We hope that you have been blessed. For more information and resources, visit us at Petra.sg.